Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome uh, Mr. Pranshu Sikha to the show. Pranshu, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Pranshu is the CEO of The Pivotals, uh, which is an organization for strategic communication consulting. And he's also the co-founder of Kashmiranomics. So Pranshu, let's first talk about the Pivotals. Tell me about this venture. So basically, Pivotals is a crisis management and stakeholder engagement firm. Mm -hmm. uh, about a decade ago, uh, I realized that the market has a serious need of two kinds of interventions, specifically for larger corporates. Mm -hmm. One in the time of crisis, when each department goes in its own silo, Mm -hmm. uh, especially because they have to, you know, first of all, cover their own backs in order to uh, justify uh, their departmental positions. Correct. And one challenge is that. And secondly, there is loss of communication interdepartmental as well as intradepartmental for any firm during time of crisis. Mm -hmm. So to give you an example, you know, the, the legal department works in complete isolation from the communication department works in complete isolation from the public uh, affairs or licensing department. So we realized that the CEOs and the MDs, especially during the times of crisis, were looking at solutions that would help them have a macro picture of the entire situation, mm -hmm. let them hide over the crisis with minimal repetition as well as business loss, and at the same time have someone who understands a bit of everything without getting into nitty-gritties of it, because his job should be to see the macro picture and to be able to address the situation at large rather than get into nitty-gritties of each department. Okay. So that's where crisis management started out. Okay. Uh, after a few big projects, we realized that MDs and especially the leaders in the organizations feel the need that crisis management on an ongoing basis is one part of the deliverable, mm. but continuous stakeholder engagement both internally as well as externally is critical for any organization to keep itself appraised of what is happening in the world as well as how it is viewed upon. Okay. So that's where stakeholder engagement came in, where we interact with employees, with various external stakeholders, with various departmental heads to keep the management and the brand uh, contextualized with what is happening in the world at large. Very interesting. And how does the process work? I mean, is it that when I, as the MD of a company, hit a crisis, I call you? Or do I proactively say, come and work with me? And if there is a crisis, tell me what to do. Unfortunately, even today, it is true that we come on board mostly when a crisis, uh, you know, hits the roof, okay. uh, which is unfortunate. We've developed a lot of crisis analysis and crisis audit programs also. Mm -hmm. but we, find, we don't find uh, many takers for it because we realize the companies only come into action when they think there is a crisis. Okay. So, yes, mostly we come on board when there is a crisis. But eventually, once they see value in what we are creating, they become a long-term partner. Very interesting. So I'm not sure if uh, you can answer my next question, which is, can you share an example without giving any names? Sure. So we work with many uh, individual clients as well as industry organizations. Uh, you know, so to give you an example of an individual client, there was a client of ours in the automotive uh, space where there was a workforce strike outside their uh, facility. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, before they realized it not only turned into a semi-violent situation, mm -hmm. but without any fault of theirs, because you would appreciate, you know, the uh, 
worker unions operate through a complex mechanism of various mm. partners who are involved you know mm. so if, even without realizing within a within a matter of 48 hours the management realized that they were being seen upon as someone you know who's who has done something criminal mm. and they didn't get enough time to either react to the world at large or to be able to in real time simultaneously engage various stakeholders like the local police officers labor officers you know uh, various uh, relevant ministry and departments their own internal stakeholders for that matter the md after all of it got over laughed and said it became difficult for me to justify it to my wife and young children because they thought i'm assaulting uh, you know labor in some form or the other oh, so yeah. so by the end of it you know we we uh, got uh, activated this mechanism where we addressed each a uh, stakeholder through the mode of communication that he or she understands you know so for example sending out a press release to a media house makes a lot of sense but if if the law officer catches hold of that press release which he thinks you are trying to manipulate opinion it sends out a very different message mm. you know so to be able to customize messaging as well as mode of messaging you know should i be writing a white paper should i be you know sending a handwritten uh, side of my story so to devise strategy for each stakeholder come up with the mode of engagement and then to put out the right messaging and put it out there so that is one example of an individual client uh, to give you uh, an example of an organization we were representing a certain uh, mine owners association in certain state mm-hmm. where uh, you know they realized again i'm not getting into the oh, sure. uh, you know the, either the details of it or the right or the wrong of it because it's a larger discussion you know absolutely but they realize that their point of view has to go across not only for the sake of their own industry but for lakhs of people who were employed in that particular state mm. you know so we did, uh, so we did a campaign that we reached out to various stakeholders to say well you decide whether they're right or wrong but at least give them an opportunity to put across their point of view and of course the ups and downs that come with any uh, you know trade uh, right. trade form you know hmm. so 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 those are uh, you know couple of That's examples of fascinating and based on all your experience what are some of the common mistakes organizations make in communication and in times of stress well i think the mistakes organizations make are pretty much reflective of the mistakes individuals make you know mm-hmm. so uh, the, the first most important aspect will be to be able to walk the fine line between being able to say what your audience wants to hear Mm. I let the same time not coming across as someone who's weak or doesn't have a point of view you know mm. so mm. Uh, in, in middle of a conversation or, a, or in middle of two sides of arguments it is a very fine line to walk to be able to put across your point of view while not disrespecting what the other person is saying mm. that is one the other thing i think which is very critical especially in today's day and age when there is so much being consumed the ability to filter what is relevant to you and what is right for you has mm. become very difficult you know because we are consuming so much that our uh, boundaries between what is right and wrong what is leftist and rightist have blurred so much that people sometimes take these uh, you know arguments or conversations in in their personal lives or in their professional lives mm. you know so so those two aspects uh, you know one contemporary and one long term one has to be watchful of very very interesting so you know uh, the the word strong corporate image is understood differently by different people and yet we know that there would probably be no organization which doesn't have skeletons in it which people are not aware of so my question to you is what goes into building a strong corporate image well i would say it has really evolved this conversation would have been very different 5 years ago rather <laughs> 2 years ago yeah. i think with with 
democratization of distribution through uh, you know mobile telephony and internet the ability to be custodian of a brand and a corporate image has changed drastically mm. uh, however some core values remain same mm. one is like you are saying we all know there are skeletons in the, uh, you know in everyone's cupboard for that correct matter. correct the ability to react and those skeletons fall out of cupboards is very critical mm. because that is uh, you know like like a wise man says you either live long enough or or die in famous you know so therefore to be relevant and to be contemporary in the face of adversity is now relevant like never before you know okay. so so especially for service industries we see people even for the smallest of things would go out there put a tweet you know tag the minister for for relevant department you know sometimes it seems completely outrageous however the ability to respond to it and adapt to it becomes very critical to keep a corporate uh, brand relevant as well as it becomes important to make sure that you are relevant in terms of public perception in an ongoing basis mm. so maybe 10 years ago being healthy wasn't as relevant as it is now you know or to put it conversely some of the biggest brands have made the mistake of overlooking smaller uh, uh, you know uh, so to say gossips and you know overseeing them and, and let them pile up into into big controversies mm. so this like i'm saying last two years have been very different uh, brands will have to be more and more careful about keeping themselves relevant about keep, uh, empathizing with the customer out there mm-hmm. at the same time the word of caution you can't be falling for everything you know mm-hmm. because unfortunately it comes with its own downside we see you know the, the Uh, blackmailing of brands has become so so rampant. We see it all the time, you know. So the brands will have to hold their fort, keep themselves relevant in consumers' mind, mm-hmm. respond to perceptions as they deem appropriate without overreacting or underreacting, and most importantly, know how to react to situations when they go out of hand. Wonderful. So you know, when I was reading about you, uh, what caught my eye was that. you say that you have the ability to curate a positive narrative in conflicting viewpoints while i have an understanding of what you are saying but for our viewers and listeners help me understand with an example again no names sure well firstly i claim that i have the ability i'm not sure if i do i'm sure you do absolutely <laughs> uh, so so like i said see when when uh, there are uh, big ticket crises the stakeholders want to justify what they do and keep it most significant in the scheme of things you know and and that's true of any trade for that matter you know you, you watch a cricket match and and you, you hear commentators as if everyone's life depends on whether that wicket is going to be taken or not and same is true of of a legal professional of a communication head or anyone else mm. so at that point they would try and drive a narrative that is best conducive to their business practice you know and to keep it prime and supreme in the whole scheme of things okay. right from so so for example to give you a real time example there was one incident where where there was uh, you know unfortunate death of a worker who fell uh, during a on a construction site mm-hmm. so at that time the person who was uh, who was the head of lizening would tell the cmd you know cops are going to come after you there's going to be a fir is going to be lodged you know xyz is going to happen the communication head would say 
you know, forget about what cops are doing. You're going to get so much bad press. Nobody's going to buy your flats from this day onwards. You know, mm-hmm. the legal head would say, you know, none of this is relevant. Just listen to what the lawyers are telling you and follow that. You know, so so somebody and of course they're all all uh, you know stalwarts in their own right. professions. You know, mm-hmm. so to be able to understand, empathize with their point of view, and to bring them around to finally come to a consensus. Within those few minutes that you have to react, because at the end of the day, it is the CMD who you are reporting to, to mm. be able to convince all of them that this is the best way forward and to be able to action, curate as well as action that idea becomes challenging sometimes, which is which is what I do for a living on an online basis. Amazing. So what would you do in such a case? Would you uh, quickly huddle everyone inside the conference room or a boardroom and say, let's discuss? Well, yes. So uh, one would have to individually speak to them and we'll have to huddle but at the end of the day. Unfortunately, the the trade one of the trade secrets is that you just have to prevail upon them with a sense of emotion as well as an em- a sense of reality because okay. none of them is willing to give up on their point of view. You know? So you have to make them see the larger context. Uh, you know, sometimes tell them that it is for the sake of the company that we are all doing this. There are no individual sides. So they forget about it for a few hours and that's enough for me to get the work delivered. Absolutely. And, and, and hope that if things don't go the way someone else said, they don't play the I told you so game. Oh, well, they, they'll come after you like sharks. <laughs> and I'll tell you, three out of ten times, there is always, because yep. see, it's, it's one call versus the other. Mm. None is definitive, you know. And then they come after you and, well, it's just it's I just agree. unpleasant. That's all I can say. I agree. So, you know, uh, drawing upon my own experience from the corporate sector and as an entrepreneur, one of the things that I learned from some very senior PR people was that bad news must always be released on a Friday and good news must always be released on a Monday because Friday goes into the weekend. So nobody really bothers. And in those days, it was more newspaper. What are your thoughts? Well, like I said, the the conversation has drastically changed, you know? Mm. So yes, uh, say a decade back, this was true because, you know, so I'm also a reporter by training. I started out by being a journalist and uh, typically over a weekend, uh, news tends to die relatively faster than it does on a Monday. Right. However, last two years, it's a 24-7 game. Uh, you know, the, the social media has changed. And, and of course, you know, not only social media, but the consumption of content per se. You know, we are just spending so much time on WhatsApp. We are spending mm-hmm. so much time. And, and unfortunately, now over the weekend, you know, the myths or, or the misconceptions spread more rapidly on social media right. because everyone is sitting there and watching WhatsApps and, mm-hmm. you know, not doing anything about it. So, yes, a decade ago, it was true, but now 24-7 is, is the name of the game. Wonderful. So my last question relating to Pivotals before I move to the next segment. How important is it for companies to monitor social media? Because it's and social media is moving in nanoseconds. How does the CMD or the, or the, or the, the CXO leadership mon- monitor this fast-paced social media? So, so how important it is, it is critical. For a company, it is critical to be tuned in 24-7 into what is happening out there. Uh, there are a number of uh, very advanced and evolved tools that are available in the market, what we call in our uh, trade social listening tools, you know, which are used to pick up keywords as well as trends that are happening in the market about your company, about your brand, and about the business genre in general. Uh, like I said earlier, is it is it possible to respond to each, or, each of them or mitigate each of them? No, the answer is no, you know. Mm-hmm. However, can uh, do you have someone who's in a position 
of authority to be able to take calls of what is more important or what is likely to go out more than and the other you would need somebody to be able to monitor that okay. having said that as a brand or as a corporate it is important to listen to social media mm. as an individual or as a leader it is very critical to switch off it once in a while you know you just cannot keep up the pace with what is happening out there in the world of social media in fact now you would hear and uh, read about so many celebrities who are signing off social media accounts you know and i know i personally know social leaders who, you know who are great corporates but somebody out there who you know who's who's not even worth a while would put out a nasty message to that corporate leader because you know his landline is not working or something and he would keep feeling bad about it because at the end of the day see, we are we are old school people you know we have our own uh, you can call them misplaced uh, yeah. egos but we have our own uh, own own thought processes about how the world should look at us and i think the world has moved at a pace much more than that so so as as individuals corporate leaders must really switch off social media once in a while fascinating so pranshu now let's talk about uh, your think tank kashmiranomics tell me about this and what you do here so kashmiranomics is basically a platform which brings together various government agencies partners industry bodies as well as individuals uh, who are interested in economic prosperity of kashmir mm-hmm. so we realized uh, you know during the developments which happened uh, after article 370 that there is the political debate can go on forever mm. the actual difference will only come when economic prosperity of the state is taken care of mm. and of course it's nobody's argument government is doing its bit uh, policy makers are doing their bit but it's a complex situation you know? it's it's easier said than done in terms of being able to uplift an entire region with the, with the set of complexities that it has it's very difficult so we decided we'll bring together these stakeholders we'll have meaningful discussions and we will then take it so we've uh, had the first ground uh, on ground event uh, a year and a half ago just before the lockdown happened the government was kind enough to have its own representation there were few uh, union ministers who were part of the event there were some very senior industry people businessmen from jammu kashmir mumbai calcutta we had huge representation from people from us uk so a lot of stakeholders came together and said let's forget about what the government is doing let's forget about what people are on ground are doing let us focus on economic upliftment of the region mm-hmm. uh, we had that first on ground event uh, unfortunately then covid happened we haven't been able to have a second event we've submitted the first set of uh, ideas or suggestions so to say to the union government mm-hmm. and now we are hopeful that once things ease out then we'll be able to do another on ground in jammu kashmir so that people realize that we are in this only for economic prosperity wonderful and based on your knowledge of what is going on do you see investments are starting to flow in into the state well investments are starting to flow in at least that's what we were told mm-hmm. when this conclave happened a year and a half ago people were interested people were keen but the sense of on ground security was was a big uh, issue you know mm-hmm. so everyone said that we have uh, you know we are we are willing to make investments we are making some investments on on a small scale or on a pilot project so to say but the longer it says stays calm the more confidence it will give everyone to pump in bigger monies you know the 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 geography itself is challenging so you know we know unlike north weather is a big challenge the ability to be able to uh mobilize manpower that is productive is a big challenge so with all of that in uh, in context yes people were um, taking small steps but they are really waiting for more comfort to be able to take bigger strides very interesting 
So Pranshu, I'm now going to move to the last segment of our conversation, which has some questions for you personally. All our viewers and listeners love to get some uh, personal questions to our guests. So my first question to you is that uh, you mentioned you were a journalist, but if you look back, what would you say are three key milestones or pivot points in your life or your career? The three key pivot points would be first is, um, I think what has been very kind that I've been able to experience different genres of professional existence. So I started out being a journalist uh, I was largely doing investigative journalism, uh, white collar crimes. Mm-hmm. I moved on to be part of a large uh, public relations agency, uh, one of India's biggest. Uh, then I decided to turn an entrepreneur. I'm an accidental entrepreneur, you know. So, so, so everyone in my family comes from a service background. Mm-hmm. And as we talk, this is the sixth year of of the pivotals. I'm already thinking, what is the next professional challenge I can take on? Okay. So, one, this adaptability has allowed me to experience an entire queue of, uh, you know, so to say experiences. And the, it has allowed me to open my horizon to a whole new world of vistas, you know, which I hadn't heard of, which I hadn't seen. You know, you've you, you been a seasoned entrepreneur, you would appreciate when you start out being an entrepreneur with no background or no, no uh, you know, no family advice, so to say, except that don't do it. That is one serious advice they give. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point, you're struggling right from, you know, where is your electricity going to come from? To who are you going to hire? And then eventually you get into turnovers and balance sheets and the entire process is very exciting. Mm. So first first milestone I would say has been adaptability. Second has been that there are, there are uh, you know, good souls like you who I always get to interact and get a chance to educate myself from mm-hmm. as well as get a chance to inspire myself from. Mm-hmm. You know? Last year and a half has been very difficult for all of us. You know, there's almost almost a gloom in the way you think about the world. Mm-hmm. And since uh, uh, my early interactions were with a lot of uh, media people, as well as a lot of stakeholders who are policymakers, etc. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, as a corporate, I was handling some big ticket clients. As an entrepreneur, I had different challenges, like I said, right from HR to the, you know, to Waterboy. Mm-hmm. Therefore, my interactions have allowed me to empathize with and evolve towards a mindset which was very different from where I was, you know, a couple of decades ago. Mm-hmm. So that, I would say, has been the second uh, cornerstone and the third cornerstone has been that a uh, lot of people look back at life and say we haven't been able to find family life balance in my case it's very contrary god has been very kind to me wow. that i look back at life you know i i my grandparents stay with me you know, my daughter is with me my parents are with me and even my colleagues have moved on with me three organizations they've been with me for a decade and a half so I get a sense of, uh, you know, family life fulfillment, unlike a lot of people who say, you know, we never got the time. Amazing. How nice. And I haven't heard too many people say your third point, which is work-life balance. You're, you're, you know, you're so satisfied with. Fantastic. So I have time for two more questions. Um, my next question is that you're still very young. And when you look back at life and you look at all the things that you will achieve in the future, what does success mean to Pranshu? Well, success would largely mean that I, I can still talk about these three milestones that I did earlier. You okay. know? I would I would love to keep adapting to evolving to situations, keep learning new things. So one thing is that God's been kind, money has followed suit, but it has never really been the incentive or the drive behind chasing, uh, you know, bigger aspirations. Mm-hmm. And that in turn has allowed me to, you know, uh, kind of uh, keep myself satisfied, both in terms of monetary out, uh, outreach, as well as in terms of being able to do what you do. Adaptability would be critical. 
I would love to have this entire family of people, both professional and personal, around me any number of decades from now. So really, those milestones would keep me satisfied and happy. Fantastic. And my last question to you, um, and this is a question on uh, failure. You know, I've often said this, and I have a new book that came out uh, on failure also. I've often said that parents in India don't teach children it's okay to fail. And it manifests itself in our behavior patterns. So since you and I both live in NCR, uh, you know, you, traffic lights, three lanes, but nine cars. Why? Because my car must be first, et cetera, et cetera. And we often wondered why we do it. Yet we fail and learn. My question to you, Branchu, is what have been your learnings from some of your mistakes? Well, the most valid point you've made is that it should come from parents. It should come from upbringing, you know. That it's okay. And it's not even a failure. Yeah. You know, we, we unfortunately look at it as success and failure. It's just an effort, you know. Right. Everyone tries his or her best. I think the unfortunate part is it not only manifests itself in, in, into the reflection of society that we are talking about, mm. it at some underlying level also becomes very unpleasant for the individual. You know, I see my young daughter, you know, and sometimes we, because, because of how we'll be brought up, you know, you start telling the child, oh, you're not singing right, or you're not writing right, mm. you know, why, how can you forget this poem, you know. So, uh, one is that it should be ingrained from beginning that life is about living, it's about being happy, it's about doing your best and, you know, not really bothering about whether you are outrunning somebody else or not. Mm. Having said that, I think uh, the other big challenge is that people uh, look at failure in a very unilateral direction. Mm. You know, uh, it is, and it's again, it's a reflection of the society we are in, of, of the geography we are in, as well as the economy we are in. You know? right. That some of them out there are so desperate to make their ends meet mm. you know, that they have to be a part of the rat race. Mm. I think one thing that people, especially middle class people who, who have enough money to take care of their means, should make an effort to is is be more empathetic towards the world at large. You know, mm. if we do that as our larger bit, you know, if, if so, so for example, if I let my my house help break a glass and not yell at her, mm. you know, that would be my contribution to helping her not be a failure. You know, in 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 every little thing. Mm. So that I think could be one step, one practical step forward we can take as a generation. Terrific, Pranshu, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you for taking me down such an amazing journey of communication and firefighting, if I can use that term, from a CEO perspective and at the pivotals. And uh, thank you for talking about Kashmiranomics and all the work that you're doing for that part of our country. Thank you again and good luck. Thank you so much. Pleasure has been mutual. And please keep up the good work. I look forward to your podcast all the time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.